The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Good afternoon. I'm strong to the finish because I eat my spinach. We know who said that. And the reason I'm quoting Popeye today is that this is, who knew, Fresh Spinach Day. If you're listening live on July 16th, happy Fresh Spinach Day. And I have a little treat for you at the very beginning. I have a big treat for you in a bit. We're going to be talking with Kathy Freston. Is that cool? See, it's not just Oprah who gets the cool people on her show. Hey, Oprah, all the best. But we've got Kathy today right here on Main Street Vegan. So I want to give you, because it is Fresh Spinach Day, a recipe, easy, easy, for Grigna Colada. This is one of my favorite smoothies. Now, I have to tell you that with all deference to Popeye, spinach is not my favorite salad green. There's so many other ones like arugula and baby kale and mescaline greens and even plain old romaine lettuce that I prefer to spinach. But when you blend it up, when you do a raw soup, there's a beautiful raw soup recipe in Main Street Vegan called Shangri-La Soup because it makes you young forever. Yummy, yummy stuff. And this wonderful smoothie that I hope you enjoy during this summertime, all you do is start with a base of either coconut water or coconut milk, and then you add 
pineapple. Now make sure your pineapple is really ripe. So if you're chopping it yourself from the actual fruit, you want to be sure there's some give to it. Because when you eat a pineapple and it's not quite ripe, it's very acidic. And that wonderful bromelain that helps in your digestion hasn't had a chance to develop yet. So be sure you have a nice ripe sweet pineapple and chop some of that in. And then just fill your blender with spinach and add some ice so it's nice and frosty. This thing is so good. There is something about pineapple and spinach. They just go together. They have produce compatibility. And it's a right yummy thing. So I hope you can enjoy for yourself on this day or someday soon a Grigna colada. And I would just like to share with you a little bit in our first few minutes what's going on around here. You may know that I am working on my 12th book. It doesn't seem like so much till I say 12th, and it's called The Good Karma Diet. And I have to tell you, I'm really excited. This has been a hard one. Writing a book is so much like having a baby. I feel like this has been a difficult pregnancy because it wasn't really the direction that I thought I was going in. And my literary agent and my editor convinced me, yeah, we need the good karma diet. It took me months to figure out even what that meant. But now that I've figured it out, I really feel that of my 12, this is my most honest and revealing, full of stories. But what is the coolest thing is it's not just me. It's other people's stories. I just feel like we are a storytelling species. We learn so much from other people. And some of these stories are from people that you've heard of, people in the vegan world have heard of, some who have been guests on this program, Chloe Jo Davis from Girly Girl Army, Bone Breaker Barbell. When he was on the show, he was called Big Bald Mike. He's an arm wrestler and wrestler down there in Austin who's lost just a whole lot of weight. Patty Brightman from Never Too Late to Go Vegan, the wonderful dietitian Brenda Davis, and all kinds of other remarkable people have contributed their good karma stories of what happened in their lives when they changed their diet. Sometimes it's what you'd expect, lost weight, got healthier, but other times it's this other stuff, like being able to fall in love and getting over writer's block and finding one's true profession. So it's really fun as we go out there in the world talking with people about going vegan for reasons of health and ethics and the environment and many, many very good reasons. Maybe we can add inexplicable good karma that you just don't know where it came from, but it's pretty cool that it's here. Now, I do have to say, and this is kind of a shout out to the writers out there and other creative people who may be noticing that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you might have had more time for the muse to visit. Have you found that? Give us a call. I mean, give us a call anyway to talk with Kathy Freston, 888-558-6489. But I'd also be interested if anybody is just feeling that their creative time has been encroached upon. Maybe we need to do some good old unity affirmations 
for more time to do what we really came to this planet to do. I have to say that with this book, I feel like I'm stealing minutes. I think I've mentioned before the program called Anti-Social. <laughs> it's anti-social. And you can go in there and it blocks you from Facebook, Twitter, and email if you want, and I want, for up to eight hours at a time. I honestly don't think that I could have finished this book, which is due in about two weeks, if it hadn't been for antisocial. So I do like to share that with writers out there. So I guess I just want to say that there are still 24 hours in the day. They're very, very busy. There's so much going on. But you know what? Doing what we came here to do is of the ultimate importance. So if there's anything that you're just kind of in love with deep in your heart, like you'd really like to do something creative or start a business or go somewhere and do some good work in the world and it seems a little bit impractical and a little bit unlikely and that you don't really have the time or the money or the smarts or whatever might be lacking, nothing is lacking and you can do it. And next spring, when the Good Karma Diet comes out, if you get a chance to take a look at that and you say, hey, wow, this really is pretty good, then that will be proof that even when you're feeling incredibly up against it and things seem really, really busy and you find yourself not being as nice a person as you would like to be, oh, that's the worst part of this. I have felt like I want to be so helpful and so available to people, and it's difficult to do that with a deadline staring in my face. But when it's all over, I think it's going to be worth it, and I hope that... um, The Good Karma Diet is a book you'll want to read and, of course, a life that you'll want to live. Now, I just want to tell you what's going on here in New York City as I see it, and that is that tonight, Honey LeBronx, remember Honey LeBronx, the drag queen? He's been in our show a couple of times. He is going to be doing a one-man show, not as Honey LeBronx, but as himself, uh, Ben Strothman. And that is going to be this very evening at, and I'm about to tell you where it is, but of course I have this electronic calendar, so that makes everything more difficult. Okay, Honey LeBronx, uh, here he is. He's going to be at the Judson Church down there in Greenwich Village, 55 Washington Square South. So Ben Strothman, shout out to your one-man show. May that be a great success. And then tomorrow, the Urban Utopia Wildlife Rehabilitation Launch. We had my daughter, Adair Moran, and her colleague, Kathy Wolf, on the show last week talking about urban utopia. They're going to be the first wildlife rehab for wild mammals in New York City. So if you're in this part of the world, go to urbanutopiawildlife.org and uh, get the info about the party. And if you're somewhere else, give them a like on Facebook. That would mean a lot. I'd appreciate it. And after this, we're going to be back with our very special guest, Kathy Freston, do stay with us. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. 
Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. And it is my distinct pleasure to introduce you to someone who needs no introduction, and that is Kathy Freston. She is a New York Times bestselling author with a concentration on healthy living and conscious eating. Her books include Veganist, Lose Weight, Get Healthy, Change the World, Quantum Wellness, A Practical and Spiritual Guide to Health and Happiness, and her latest book, The Lean, A Revolutionary and Simple 30-Day Plan for Healthy, Lasting Weight Loss. She's had introductions from Dr. Mehmet Oz and Dr. Dean Ornish. She's had accolades from Dr. Andrew Weil, Dr. Neil Barnard, Marianne Williamson, Dr. Deepak Chopra. She has been on Ellen and Dr. Oz and The View and Good Morning America. And we all know that she was on Oprah because she wasn't just a guest. She was a catalyst for much of the Oprah staff to go vegan for a period of time. Way to go, Kathy Freston, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. 
Oh, I'm absolutely honored. You know, anybody who's been living on Mars and hasn't seen your books with your lovely picture uh, on the front of them, this woman is the essence of beautiful inside and out. And I'm interested, Kathy, that some of your earlier books, like some of my earlier books, were more about spirituality, and then you moved more into health and, and veganism. So what's your reason for that? Mm. Well, and thank you so much for that kind introduction. My gosh, I'm just completely honored and flattered. Um, I started writing about spirituality, not in a religious sense, but more in a soul sense, um, how to become more conscious, how to become more aware, how to evolve as a human being and personally grow. And I talked a lot about relationships and meditation and doing self-work and introspection and, and then service in the world. And I, I started thinking about food. And I had this sort of discipline with myself that I would be awake and aware across the board in as many ways as I could be. And I started realizing that I was not very awake and aware in the area of food, perhaps conveniently so, because I'm a girl from the South and I love my, you know, fried chicken and ribs and, you know, good steak on the the grill over the weekend. And I thought, well, you know what? You are a big, fat hypocrite if you want to talk about consciousness and you're not looking at the thing that you do at least three times a day and you really don't know where your food comes from, and you don't know if it sits well with you. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to challenge myself then to start reading the books about, you know, behind-the-scenes slaughterhouse events, and I'm going to start watching those undercover videos, and I'm going to see at least how it gets, the food gets to my plate, and, and if I'm okay with that, and of course, Anyone who's not a sociopath is not going to be okay with it because it's really disturbing. There's a reason that slaughterhouses are not in the middle of town so that anybody can stop by and take a look. It's disturbing. It's really hard to watch. It's really hard to get your head around how animals end up on our plates. So I started writing about that as a part of an overall sort of spiritual practice, that conscious eating was a component or a pillar of wellness, if you will. And then the more I learned and the more I looked into it and talked about it, the more I realized, wait a second, conscious eating is probably the most concentrated and focused way that I know how to live my values and principles, which are basically kindness, compassion, um, uh, responsible stewardship, and so I, I gradually became more of a uh, a voice on plant-based eating, veganism, moving away from eating animals, and that's where my passion lies. I certainly didn't set out to be this person, and I, I did. I wasn't born a vegetarian, as I said, or certainly not a vegan. But that's kind of where I've landed, and that's where my my heart is. Oh, I relate to that so much, Kathy, because I 
wrote a book about veganism, which was actually my undergraduate thesis, and then miraculously it, it became a book. And then I did a couple of other books in this area, and this was back in the 80s and the early 90s. I'm thinking, okay, what more can you say? There are, what, 5,000 vegans in the world, and you have reached them all. <laughs> and so yeah. I wanted to expand and go more into the spiritual arena, which I did with some success, and that was great, too. But then cycling back, I mean, I never left veganism as, as a vegan, but certainly as, as a writer, that wasn't my focus for many years. And now that I'm back there, there is just so much power and so much of the universe seeming to say, this is the place. For now, this is the place. And it's pretty magical. Yes, it really is. It's it's a vehicle for change. It's a vehicle for awakening. It's something that we can really, no pun intended, sink our teeth into. Mm-hmm. You know, we can read about horrible things going on around the world and we can really want to do something, but sometimes it's very hard to actually do something material. And in this case, we can actually put our values and principles to work. And I think that is an active form of spirituality or soulfulness, whatever you want to call it. And that's really exciting. It is a magical time. It is a time of transformation and and that it's really catching on, you know. So it's not only... Um, a soulful thing, but it's also a hip thing. It's an environmental thing. It's it's a um, it, it marks a new generation coming coming to life, and that's very exciting. It is indeed. I want to go back to something you said when you first decided that you were going to take a look at how you were eating and how the food got to your plate. So many people that do that look at it and they come up with, with okay, I need to be eating organic. I need to be eating local. But the idea of getting the animals off the plate either doesn't come up or there are some kind of blinders that keep it out. What do you think about that? Well, I think denial is a very powerful thing because um, I think by nature we are all pretty darn compassionate and we feel deeply. And in fact, it's an excellent defense mechanism for, uh, you know, pain to deny because it is just unbelievably painful to watch the process of animals becoming food. And so we block it out. We just don't want to know about it. And that's why I feel really strongly about leaning into the whole awareness, leaning into a shift in the way we eat, because to to, to look at it all at once, is pretty traumatizing and it's almost paralyzing. And you just think, and you know, you mentioned the, the non-GMO and the organic, and you can add on gluten-free, and you can add on, um, uh, you know, all kinds of all kinds of locally grown. But the truth is, you know, the the suffering component of it is the most painful thing to look at. Um, as much as we know that pesticides aren't good for us and GMO is not good for us, it doesn't like it doesn't make our soul just cringe and look away. You know, when we see an animal being slaughtered, it hurts. It's it's egregious to something deep inside of us, and um, and so that's really hard. And but if we lean into it, if we start taking little bits of information and just sort of 
you know, maybe watching a minute or two of a video or or just sort of get a read an article about something, maybe sub out one meal, maybe sort of try a different kind of plant-based protein instead of chicken or fish. You know, little by little, we find ourselves um, more able to take on all the information and the denial gets chipped away. We're talking about, you know, thousands of years of tradition and culture that we're chipping away at. So that takes time to dismantle. You know, we have to be, kind of have to be gentle with ourselves and be gentle with the culture. This is so true. I heard somebody say, oh, meatless Mondays, that means you're only destroying the planet six days a week instead of seven. And I just have to say, no, we have to say, wow, that's terrific. Yeah. And, and it's know a great that- start. It's a great start because even if you're doing only meatless Mondays, and you have a fantastic dinner of, you know, some grilled up vegan sausages with, you know, onions and peppers and a big salad and um, you, you and you feel fulfilled. You think, oh, that's pretty darn good and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything and I feel like I've gotten something substantial and I my family all loved it and nobody feels like we're just picking away at salads or anything. So I'll do that again, actually. That's a very effective thing. You know, I think one of the best forms of advocacy is to find alternatives because to, 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 to hack away at something and say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore without substituting something that's equally or more pleasurable and fulfilling, that, that shift, that change is going to revert. It's going to fail. So one of the best things we can do is to take our time, find our footing, um, or, or if we, you know, I imagine a, a good bit of your listeners are already vegan, but as we're helping people go on their paths, the best form of ad- advocacy is to be gentle, make it easy, um, and help find alternatives that everybody's happy with. And then little by little, a foundation is built. And then there's not this return to the old ways because we just feel so alienated from the culture and so mm. dissatisfied and so unfulfilled, you know, in a gustatory way. Yeah. So Meatless Mondays, excellent start. It's culinary activism. And we have a caller, yeah. <laughs> Michael from Brooklyn. Hey there, Michael. Hey, Victoria. I'm actually from New York. <laughs> oh, well, I thought you were from Brooklyn because I believe that I saw you on our hen house cooking Brooklyn food. Yes, you did. That was somewhat a tribute to my mom, who is a born and bred Brooklyn girl. Aha. Okay. But We've got yes, you on I the right bureau. So this is, exactly. may I say your full name? Is that all right with you? Please do. This is uh, Michael Suchman, fabulous vegan about town. Do you know Kathy? I do not know Kathy, but I am a big fan of Kathy's. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. And I actually, my husband Ethan went vegan before I did, and he first started with the full hardcore press with me to try to just watch this video, read this, read this, and the more he pushed, the more I walked away. But when he backed off, it was right around the same time when, Kathy, you were on Oprah. And you had her whole company going vegan for a period of time. Oh, and you had made, you talked about you know, your husband being a flexitarian. 
Mm-hmm. And that was a light bulb moment for me. It was this, okay, that I can do. And mm-hmm. it sort of opened the door for me to now walk in and say, I didn't want to, I, I was holding off on committing to being vegan, even though I knew it was the right thing. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a flexitarian. I like that. I can do that. And, you know, I started with the lean-in approach that you talk about, and I started with the Meatless Mondays for a couple weeks, which merged, mm-hmm. then became a Meatless Monday, Tofu Tuesday, and then Vegetable Wednesdays, Tempe oh. Thursdays, Fruity Fridays, and that was my way of gradually stepping it up every couple weeks until eventually it was a full seven-day-a-week process for me. Oh, so great. So great. I love that. Yeah, and so now my husband and I, even with for vegan activism, we have our own vegan food blog where we share our own everyday easy recipes to show people that, yeah, you can have the same foods you know. You're not giving up mm-hmm. anything. You're actually gaining more. Yeah, what's, isn't that what's the your best blog? thing when you discover your... Our blog is veganmos.com. That's V-E-G-A-N-M-O-S.com. And it's, you know, a lot of recipes, occasionally a thought piece or two in there, just really trying to show people, yeah, you don't, you gain more. Vegan is about abundance, really, and just how much you gain when you go vegan. Mm, that's so fantastic. And that, that's the thing. Nobody wants to feel deprived. Nobody wants to feel something uh, taken away from them. And so if there's something there to substitute, that, that's incredible. I mean, I look at now that I don't know if you guys saw the new video that PETA uncovered about wool, and it's so yeah. disturbing. And mm-hmm. I still oh, wear terrible. wool. Yeah, and I just thought, oh, my God, this reminds me of how it feels to be a meat eater and for someone to present all this information. It's like, oh, my God, what do I do? I I don't want to dress poorly. I don't, I don't want to look, you know, unfashionable and wool isn't everything. And that's how a meat eater feels when someone presents all this information that, you know, it's not a good idea to eat meat. But if you, if you show that there's an alternative, that you're not going to miss out anything, you're not going to skip a beat, you're going to be fulfilled, then that's, that's fantastic. And so I'm, I'm sitting here with a wool situation. I'm thinking, I hope there's some great alternatives out there. I hope that there's some really good designers doing beautiful clothes, just like in the food business, Beyond Meat is making this great um, chicken, and so is Gardein making, you know, pulled pork that's not really from a pig. And, you know, there's all kinds of uh, non-dairy milks and yogurts and ice creams and things like that, and I'm just hoping that this is crossing over into the clothing world because it reminds us, as activists, as people who are already vegan in, in the food world, this is what it's like for somebody to hear this information. It's overwhelming. So recipes like your food blog has and your radio show, Victoria, where you, you have all these you know great resources and tips, I mean, that's just a fantastic form of advocacy. And what we are actually doing this month, because I don't know if you're aware, but July is National Ice Cream Month. Every week we are... We did last week an entire week of ice cream-related posts, and this week and now for the rest of the month, at least once a week, we're putting up a new ice cream recipe. So, no, you don't even have to give up ice cream. There are alternatives that are actually even better. Oh, my God. My, one of my favorite ice creams is the Cherry Nirvana by It's So Delicious. It's, it's Oh, that is more. good. I'm sure, I'm sure, Michael, you have some incredible recipes, and I have to check that out. But, 
Yeah, July as it should be. <laughs> as it should be, ice cream month. That's perfect. I love it. And I love that you shared about the wool, Kathy, because my situation that keeps me from vegan perfection, which I think is probably a good thing because perfection mm-hmm. tends to lead to an unpleasant personality. But I have this little mm-hmm. adopted dog. My my dog who lived to 16 and passed away was a vegan. My daughter's dogs are almost vegan. Their dad wants them to have a free-range egg every day. So, you know, the compromises that come. Mm-hmm. My little guy will hold out like a cat for literally days at a time. So I have been giving Mm -hmm. him a small amount of organic beef, and I make sure it's beef because a cow is bigger and, you know, you don't kill so many animals. So this is not about perfection, but like you say so beautifully, progress, not perfection. And I was just writing about the fashion and and makeup and all for, for my new book today, and just found myself celebrating Leanne Hilgard and Vote Couture because she didn't just find some fabrics that weren't wool or down or some of the things that we expect for winter coats. She invented fabrics that didn't exist before. And I think true creativity Mm -hmm. and so many of our young vegan geniuses are doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Joshua Catcher is another one. Oh, Joshua Catcher. Who is? Joshua Catcher. Joshua Catcher. Oh, force of nature. Yeah, yeah. We need that's, to get- it's just and that's and that's what we need is just more more entrepreneurs and more visionaries. You know, the Elon Musks of this you know plant based world are going to make everything different. But it's just gonna it's got to come from the market first. So it's it's people like us who are saying, you know what, I don't feel comfortable wearing wool. I may be still wearing wool a little bit, but I really want to move away from it. And actually, I'm not going to buy any new stuff. So there's a real place in the market for some for some new uh, products and, and um, materials. So well, that's the that's, that's new economy. And we educate the manufacturers and, and the stores. When my daughter was in a farm sanctuary walk a while back, there was a street vendor here in New York saying, real pashmina, only $10. And everybody was just walking past. And then he started reading the signs that were saying, stop animal cruelty. And then he changed his pitch to fake pashmina, no animals were harmed. Oh, you're kidding. probably <laughs> the truth anyway. But, you know, it doesn't uh, take much. People don't care what they sell yeah. when they're in business, most uh-uh. people, if they can make a profit. Totally, totally. And people need to make a profit. And they need to have a business. So, you know, I understand all of that. It's it's hard. It's hard to make changes. It's hard to, you know, source things differently and shop differently and prepare differently and dress differently. It's not... It's not an altogether, you know, easy-peasy process, but when you have the intention and you know why you want to make that move and you take it gradually, you lean into the changes, those changes will stick because it's the people who just, you know, go full force, I'm changing, I get it, and then they shout from the rooftops and they really demand their friends to follow suit and they shame people who who they see are different from them. That's when things really start to fall apart. And we got, we've got to just, you know, take these changes, 
in baby steps, but consistently moving forward at a good pace, but baby steps and having patience with ourselves and with our friends. So true. In our last 30 seconds, Michael, anything else you want to ask Kathy or share? No, I, again, just want to thank Kathy for helping open the door for me and getting my husband to stop pushing me, which enabled me to now walk in and go full vegan. And just remind oh. everyone, you do catch more flies with agave than with vinegar. Oh, I love that. More with agave than vinegar. That's so great. Well, my hat is off to both of you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Victoria, for everything you do for the community as well. Absolutely. And thanks for the call. And right after these lovely messages, we'll be back with more with our special guest, Kathy Freston, right on Mainstream. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back to the Main Street Vegan Show. My guest today is Kathy Freston, author of Quantum Wellness, 
veganist, the lean, and her website is kathyfreston.com, and you can just check out all the wonderful work that she's doing. She's on Twitter as Kathy Freston, that's Kathy with a K, and on Facebook, she's kathyfreston.veganist. Oh, we all have so many addresses these days. Kathy, I know that you were doing something recently around McDonald's. What was that about? Well, I started a petition because I, you know, I travel so much and I'm in airports and sometimes I'm on the road and just driving for long stretches and I thought how fantastic would it be to be able to pop into a McDonald's and get a veggie burger. So I just thought, well, you know, a lot of their um, cohorts out there are adopting plant-based menu items. So I thought it would be a great idea to ask them to consider putting a veggie burger or something plant-based on their menu that was protein-based. And, um, and I, think, I think the, the response was fantastic. There was so much press around it. I mean, the Wall Street Journal wrote about it and um, all kinds of business magazines and, and um, talking about how if you want to stay relevant as a food business, you really have to sort of look at the market that's changing and people want more plant-based things. Um, so uh, I, I'm just looking forward to, to them adding a menu item or two, and I think that'll probably happen. Um, no business that has, you know, a, stores all over the place is not going to, to see that the market is changing. There's just so much good research on it, and, and McDonald's is, you know, they're a smart business, and, and I, I just have a feeling that that's going to happen. It was very interesting, though, on my Twitter account and in Facebook, how many vegans came back with such tough comments about, I would never go into that place, and they should be shut down. And I thought, well, gosh, what do you, how do you think that's helping the animals <laughs> that you're going to hold out for a giant like McDonald's to shut its doors, that's not going to happen. You know, there are millions and millions of customers that go to McDonald's every day, every week, and they're going to go no matter what. So wouldn't we rather have a healthy, humane option for people to choose, people who are going to go there anyway no matter what? Listen, if you're one of those vegans and there are a whole lot of them out there and bless you, if you're one of them, that, you know, you only eat organic, locally grown, non-GMO, um, you know, every good thing, then you're probably not going to go to any fast food restaurant. But there's a whole lot of people that are going to continue to go. So why don't we give them options that are good for, better for their bodies, uh, good for the animals, because there's no cruelty involved in a veggie burger, and better for the environment. It is a step in the right direction. So no, I, I just hope agree. that, you know, vegans kind of see that there's a, there's a bigger picture than, than holding out for perfection. You know, right. Hugo said that the perfection is the enemy of the good. So, mm, so true. Onward progress. Yeah. Well, I think in, in veganism, like in any movement or any sort of religion, you know, there are people at every part of the spectrum. And I guess that's good. I mean, historically, we know that when Malcolm X showed up, uh, the civil rights movement took a great leap forward. Um, so 
I, I'm sure that there is a place for the people who are very, very pure, but I just don't think they travel as much as you and I do because it's pretty <laughs> rough out there on the interstates and in the airports. When, Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely getting better for sure. I mean, I like to tweet pictures of things that I find in airports and it's definitely getting better and easier but but it's still a challenge, you know, it's still a challenge. And so we just want to keep things moving forward rather than just sort of, you know, digging in our heels and saying, nope, 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 until you cover all these bases. Right. And I'm telling you, businesses, it's just hard to turn around a ship uh, that big overnight. So we, we just want to keep sort of, you know, pushing in little steps forward, and that's going to be very exciting over time. And I think sometimes people have never really had anything specifically vegan. I like how you talked about vegan and protein-based. I mean, everybody's had peanut butter sandwich. Uh, everybody's mm-hmm. had spaghetti marinara, but they don't think of that as being vegan. And they have mm-hmm. this idea that they don't like what's vegan. But mm-hmm. once they try some things, if it's good, now that might be a problem mm-hmm. at McDonald's. <laughs> Because I guess their hamburgers aren't all that great either, but there must be something good to them or people wouldn't be buying so many of them. It just seems like every opportunity that people have to eat something that is plant exclusive, all to the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, then, it's, then it's just like a light bulb goes on. You know, you, you, it tastes delicious. It's fulfilling. The fiber fills you up. You feel satiated. Your blood sugar you know, even that, I, I grew up, I, I'm sure, Victoria, you didn't, you grew up much healthier than I did, but I was sort of a couch potato. I was a total Oh, slug. me too. I was the fat Were kid. you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah. I remember I used to have fantasies of just being, you know, one day, I just want to be like an Indian princess being carried around on a, a dais or something because I just had well, that's no why we write books. energy. Sorry? That's why we write books. <laughs> the great reward of the sedentary life. I know, exactly. I know we move around more now, too. Yeah, yeah. But we have more energy. I mean, I started eating plant-based, and it was like, oh, my gosh. I, you know, the chemistry just changed inside my body, and I started having more energy. And I know the great majority of your listeners already know this because they're, they're there. But for a lot of people, just the it, – it's – just everything is tiring. And the idea of making changes and thinking differently and doing grocery shopping differently is tiring. People are exhausted. They're holding down two jobs. They have kids. They have, you know, they have to work harder to pay their mortgages. And, you know, it's harder. We've got all our social media we have to keep up with. It's harder. People struggle. It's not easy. So the easier we can make it for people, And then, you know, they get a little bit of this extra boost of energy and the fiber and, you know, things start moving again. We feel lighter. So it's a cumulative effect that actually, you know, ends up being exponentially easier and easier because the more we eat this way, the more energy we have, the better we feel. So Onward we go. Amen. So people, I think, want to know, because you are an extremely beautiful woman, what do you eat? You're very, very kind. Very, very generous. Thank you so much. I eat, um, I actually eat, when I'm at home, I eat very simply. I eat, um, I make rice regularly, a, a big thing of rice or quinoa or something, some kind of grain in the summertime, um, 
that's usually rice, and I keep it in my fridge, and I have that for breakfast. So I'll chop up some dates and put in some raw almonds on my rice in the morning and pour over either almond or soy milk, um, maybe a little agave or something, and that's my breakfast. And then I, I work a little bit, and then I, I work out really hard, and so I have a protein smoothie afterwards. I have Vega Sport with some peanut butter and flax seeds and wheat grass powder. And then for lunch uh, and dinner, it's either a salad or lentil soup. And But my salads are very hearty. I crumble a Sunshine Chipotle burger over some greens with avocado and tomato and maybe some broccoli. And then I have, I usually have some sort of um, potatoes, like sweet potatoes and beans. I have tons of beans in the house. That's like the longevity food. And veggies for my third meal, you know, and it's just very, very simple. And then I go out a lot, too. I happen to be lucky enough to live in L.A., so I go to Crossroads, which is an amazing restaurant that Tall Ronin started. Um, They have one called uh, uh, Gracias Madre here, which is all Mexican and it's all vegan, but they have a great tequila bar, and uh, we have Veggie Grill out here, which is, you know, a fast food, um, all plant-based. Um, lunch and dinner spot. So, you know, if I'm at home, very simple stuff. And if I'm out, I'm indulging. Now, that's what I hear from everybody who's done this for a long time. And I love your salads with all the stuff in it. Have you seen uh, Terry Hope Romero's new book, Salad Samurai? Oh, no. That's oh, my good, gosh. Though. You will love it because it's all about hearty salads. You know, it's nice to have a little salad before you have something heavy, but this is the salad is the deal. So I I think you'll appreciate it. She's going to be on our show uh, next month. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I like a big hearty salad. I've never been one for quote-unquote bird food. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. a southern girl. I have a big appetite. I I play hard. So I, I do like substantial food, but it doesn't have to be fancy food. I kind of like things that are simple and tasty and nutritious, and it's got to be easy. If I'm cooking at home, it's got to be super easy. And then I go out for the more fancy stuff. Absolutely. So now that we know how you eat, tell us what you do for working out. Oh, well, let's see. I have a bicycle, so I bike the hills a lot where I live in L.A., so I I challenge myself to do at least five hills a day. I try to shake it up and do different things. different areas. And then I also do hiking a few times a week. I'm a little lame at yoga, but I do love it just to stay fluid and flexible. And then um, and then I will, you know what I love to do, Victoria? It's, I'm what? a little geeky, but I love to dance. I really love oh. to dance. And so sometimes I'll just um, shut the door <laughs> to my bedroom and turn on some some great dance music, and I can dance for an hour straight really hard. I feel oh. just, it makes me happy. It just makes me happy. And then um, and then I'm prepared for weddings and parties and all yes. of that stuff, and I go dancing. Yeah, I think, I think exercise should be fun. It should. This morning in a Pilates class, my Pilates teacher is this wonderful actor type. So he always puts on this great kind of – it's jazz, but it's not that irritating jazz. So today it was Louis Armstrong, and uh-huh. it just reminded me of, of a scene from Mad Men. 
And I'm wondering, whatever happened? People used to go out for dinner and dancing, and that's almost impossible uh, anymore. I just wish somebody would bring I it back. I would so love to see that come back. Oh, my gosh. That would be so much fun. That would be well, so much fun. After we save the planet and all the animals, <laughs> let's do dinner and dancing. A, a vegan dance, a vegan dinner theater, vegan dinner dance thing. Oh, my God. Oh. I would be in heaven. Well, let's ding, just ding, ding. put New that idea. out. <laughs> yeah. Somebody do that. Somebody do yes. that. Yes. Well, and it makes all kinds of sense that if you're having a restaurant that's based on really healthy food, why wouldn't you want to have dancing as well? So you get diet and exercise in the guise oh my of God, fun and elegance. Be a blast. And then elegant, you know, we we dress up and drink martinis and, you know, but and then dance our brains out after a delicious, you know, meal. Oh my gosh, I'd be in heaven. I like that. Well, let's uh, put it out there. I wanted to ask you, Kathy, just in our last few minutes here, your take on temporary vegans, short-term vegans, ex-vegans, because I know that because the movement is growing, we also have more people who tried it and didn't like it. I met a gentleman last week who was just singing the praises of how he was vegan for a triathlon, 90 days, and he did the triathlon and he did great. And then he went back to, quote, normal. What's your take on all this? Well, in that case, I think it's terrific that he goes back to normal because I think he's going to feel really different and he'll be able to look at the difference in how his body performed and how he felt, how he slept, what kind of energy levels he had. So my guess is that he'll remember the days that he was vegan and want to kind of go back in that direction. And um, actually, I think it's good to slip back every once in a while in the beginning. I remember in the beginning, I was craving a tuna fish sandwich. That was my favorite thing on the planet. And I was about a year into being vegan, and I sort of snuck into Whole Foods, and I ordered a tuna fish sandwich at the deli counter, and I came home, and I had it with a big plate of potato chips. And you know what? It wasn't really good at all. It was fishy. It was kind of gross. And I felt like a little nauseous afterwards. And so I'm kind of glad that I went back and I slipped up a little bit because I realized it's not all that we crack it up to be in our memory. And um, and so as we move forward, it's two steps, three steps, four, four steps forward, one step back. That's okay. Uh, and the people who are major activists and they, you know, are vegan, 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 and then they fall back from it, um, I, I think that it's, it's, again, that thing when you're shouting it from the rooftop and you think everyone should go that way, there, there's just something that's too absolutist about it and you end up feeling alienated and separate from the culture. And we're social beings. We need to feel part of the, 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 the culture. So it, it's probably a better idea to be chill about it, find our way gently, you know, coax our friends and family forward with flexibility. Like Michael was saying, the door opened for him when he, when he realized he could be flexitarian. And then it was sort of a natural, organic process to lean farther and farther, farther forward. I think we all have within us an inborn instinct to evolve, to get better. And so if we give ourselves space and we back away from whatever pressure we put on ourselves, we're going to keep moving forward. And that's the answer. Progress, not perfection. Oh, 
That is so lovely. Kathy, thank you so very much. I'd like to close here by reading what Oprah wrote about you in O Magazine. She said, Kathy Freston struck a nerve for me by speaking of a higher level of awareness, what she calls spiritual integrity. Kathy cautions that the way to full consciousness isn't to give up every poor choice at once. She says, lean into it. Don't try to break a lifetime of bad habits overnight. I'm leaning. Thank you, Oprah. And thank you, Kathy. And thank you, Victoria, so very much for having me. What a pleasure. Oh, this is. This has been such a pleasure. Next week's guest is Dr. Joel Kahn. He is a cardiologist and a Reader's Digest columnist. Terrific guy from out there in the Detroit area. Happy to be introducing you all to Dr. Kahn next week. In the meantime, God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. 
This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.